Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer don't service and business expert, Chef Hyken. Chef will talk so, with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make well, you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Chef Hyken. That disrupts the competition and creates Hello, everybody. Chef Hyken here on Amazing Business to Radio. Back for another amazing episode. This time, so we have Scott Walker, who is to the next a level veteran of and the disrupt your competitors. Industry. Well, this is the book for you. And if you're listening to this before the book is actually released, you can pre-order the book and get the ebook immediately for free. You just go to www.beconvenient.com. That's It's time for you to join the revolution. The amazement. Revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Customer experience in real time, and we'll explain what that means in just a moment. But uh, Scott's collaborated with so many companies, you're going to recognize some of these names. Small companies like Apple, Microsoft, Ticketmaster, one of my favorites, Nike. And as mentioned in 2009, he founded Ethos IQ. And we have Scott in the house. Welcome, Scott Walker, to Amazing Business Radio. Great to have you here. Thank you, Chef. So lots to talk about, but let's first of all, um, people are probably thinking, focusing on business intelligence and customer experience in real time. I wrote this down. What does that mean? That's what uh, Ethos IQ does. Give us a little background on the company and exactly what they do. Uh, absolutely. So Ethos IQ <clears throat> started 2009 january 2009 because there was an opportunity in the marketplace and it's still in the marketplace the ability to bring disparate data so if you look at your salesforce systems your erp systems if you look at uh you know some of your messaging and communications your text messaging your organization where you'll have hr data hr and the data that supports those systems your network systems you know anything pretty much going over your network your lan your wan uh, and then you've got these other external systems. It could be anything from financial, um, could even be competitive intelligence. The ability to bring all that together and leverage that data in real time so is it, basically what we do. It's it's that simple. So what we, you're doing is you've got a platform that brings it all together. And who's using this data? Uh, it really depends upon the audience. Typically, what we find is your front line uh, in the customer experience space, your front line. So you'll have your call center supervisors, you'll have your site managers, you'll have your queue managers, uh, your different managers in the front line will leverage this data. And typically, anytime you're associating this data with your HR, so if you think of a thousand reps getting paid $15 an hour, you can imagine how quickly those dollars add up. And so when you want to start talking about your workforce management system, your training system, your QA system, uh, your soft phone systems, all these systems, right, that, that make up your customer service and the experience, that's what we call the, 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 the contact center. And then you also have your front end system. What brought those clients in? You know, was it a letter? Was it an email? Was it a text? Was it the website? The really the ability to drive down to the detail on that customer journey from cradle to grave. Got it. So I, I want to make sure I understand this because this is the area that I want to focus on. Uh, if I'm a customer and the first thing I do is I email you and uh, maybe we do a little email interaction and maybe or maybe not I get my issue resolved. And then for whatever reason, I happen to be near my computer and don't go on email, but I'm on your website and I just start messaging you through your messaging app, whatever that is. 
And then the next thing I'm doing is picking up the phone and calling you. You're telling me that uh, whoever I talk to is going to have every piece of data on me from the standpoint of, you know, hopefully uh, not just the conversations that I've had through email and, and you know, messaging and now phone, but also my history, my background with your company, what I bought. So they get the total the total uh, picture of, of who I am. Is, is that what it is about? Absolutely. And what makes that so interesting is the ability to be able to track that. And so these organizations have this data today. And some of these large co- companies have done a phenomenal job. You look at IBM, the ability to leverage their, their solution, Watson. However, you know, when you look at Watson or you look at some of these other organizations and their, their solutions, they're going to come in and, and drive big data. And I, I absolutely support the big data. The challenge is if you're that frontline manager and you're wanting to understand specific to this topic metrics by channel, you know, how will you as the customer get the same treatment across all of your interactions across all the channels? All right. So and this is me- the big how lesson. How do you measure that? Right. Right. Uh, the big lesson here, and I think what you're saying is how do you measure it in the interactions? We need to make sure that any interaction that the customer has, regardless of channel, is meeting the expectation of the customer and consistent with what you want the customer's experience to be. Um, you know, it, it, it's like we know that if, if somebody's calling us, that's real time. It's happening right now. If somebody emails us, how long does it take for us to get back to them? How long does that conversation take? Um, one of my, my uh, favorite examples of this is GoDaddy. I use this maybe one time on another show, but uh, we were talking about the difference between uh, instant chat and email. And he, they said instant chat, a, a good conversation with a real support issue is finished in 14 to 16 minutes. And in email, it's 14 to 16 days because there's back and forth and people walk away. They come back tomorrow and it's crazy. But it, that may be okay for the person who's emailing. Uh, personally, it, it isn't okay for me. And if I were running a company and running a support center, I would never accept 14-day resolution on a problem via email. It, at some point, it's said, can we get on the phone and resolve this? Um, you know, it's going on too long. And, and, and my personal life, if I have to text my kid more than three times for a particular issue, I pick up the phone, or now I, I already have the phone in my hand, but I hit the, the call, send, you know, and, and call them. It's like, you know, how long does a conversation have to go, go with my thumbs before I can just get on and, and get to the meat of the problem or whatever the issue is? So anyway, I'm rambling on here, but is this really what we're talking about? Is this, this is really what the solution is about? It absolutely is about that. And so if you start looking at the industry seg- segments, right? So if you look at um, financial, insurance, travel, hospitality, utilities, every one of these organizations handles their customer experience a little different. And what's really interesting about, regardless of where you go, if you look at the business initiative, so there's the customer retention but really, there's these frontline managers and, and the organizations are tasked with increasing efficiencies, trying to improve their service and support, but they're still tasked with driving down operating costs. They're still viewed as cost centers. Some organizations uh, try to spin these organizations, the, the customer service center, into a cost center. They claim that it's a, a profit center, but the reality is budgets show that they treat it as a cost center. And so what we're able to do is quantify the the cost per interaction, the cost per call, um, 
and those really interesting metrics that help you drive decisions that allow you to make these investments that's required to sustain, you know, your customer retention or, you know, high NPS scores, uh, net promoter scores, mm-hmm. um, high customer satisfaction. And so really it's not that there's, there's one answer. There's one solution. It's really being able to take all this data and look at it in a way that allows you to, to make data driven decisions that enable that customer retention or that customer, that high customer sat. So how do you feel about uh, the measurement of time on the call? And by the way, different companies call it different things, but you know, time to resolution or, you know, how, how much time do you feel that that is a good metric or is it a dangerous metric? And and if you know me, you probably know where I'm going with this. Well, I don't, if, if I call my bank, if I call my insurance company for a claim, uh, if I call my doctor because it's like, Hey, I want my lab results. I really don't, if you have to transfer me, that's okay. Um, but I don't want to have to call back. So, if it's going to take you longer to get that first call resolution, I absolutely believe that you should be able to uh, stay on that call longer. So those metrics, uh, I think you, a lot of people would say that's kind of like average handle time. A lot of those metrics can be misleading because if you have high repeat callers, if you have high levels of transfers uh, and they're into the same queues, or uh, there's a lot of gaming that goes on in the industry today, believe it's crazy so everyone's running to outsource call centers there's nothing wrong with that until the outsourcer starts transferring those calls back into the same queue so that they can double dip on the billing that becomes an opportunity where it's like you know maybe we need to address training or maybe you need to work on your marketing because they're calling the wrong 800 number mm. well, so i'm going to jump to a company and this is fresh on my mind um by the way, I'm very excited. Um, I have a new book coming out October 2nd. It's called The Convenience Revolution. It's about how to be more convenient. And uh, just uh, last night, I received uh, a great testimonial from Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos. Uh, and I want to use Zappos as an example here. Zappos uh, does not, I, I think they care about average handle time or how much time is spent a rep on the phone, but they're legendary for staying on the phone until the problem is resolved. And, you know, one of the famous phone calls they had, I don't know, was it nine hours long? And, you know, sure, it's become legendary. And, and, it, and it really wasn't even at that point about the resolution of a problem. It was about the relationship a customer had with Zappos. And it, it, those are the kinds of things that, that make me say, wow, okay, maybe that's PR. Maybe that's, uh, I don't think it, it started out to be a PR stunt, but it became a great PR opportunity. It's kind of like Nordstrom, uh, the old story of somebody returning tires. Uh, these legendary uh, type stories let you know that, hey, maybe you know time to resolution or average handle time is not as important as let's take care of the customer and build the relationship so they want to do business with us again and they want to uh, tell all their friends about it. That's what NPS is about, Net Promoter Score, Customer Satisfaction Score, CSAT. That's all about how happy they are with the company at that time. So uh, anyway, th- those are just a couple of thoughts. And anything that you have to say about that? Absolutely. So I think, um, first of all, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to you sending me a, an autographed copy of your book. <laughs> when it's out. I'm putting you down on the list. How's that? <laughs> awesome. 
I think one of the challenges that I've learned over the, the years of being in this space and, and ducking and weaving throughout corporations throughout my career, here's, here's what I can tell you regarding what you just stated. If you can help your audience find a way to figure out where they are in their roadmap to call center optimization, to me, there's three levels of where a company might be at. And this is kind of free advice to the world. There's a couple of ways to figure out where you are in this journey. There's intermediate, optimized, and strategic. And the way that we look at that and the way that they can judge where they are is look at the degree of organizational integration, right? Are there, is their organization functionally isolated? Are they viewed as a cost center? Are they just running around with papers flying in the air, you know, seat of their pants type management? Uh, are they limited? Are there limited processes? And are they, I guess the word I would use, um, analytically absent from the marketplace? I mean, so that might be explain that. Okay, analytically absent, meaning they're just they're not they're not analyzing. Yeah, they're not using analyzing. Yep, they're not using data. They're not they're they're just doing it as fast as they can. Right, Mm -hmm. and and the number one question that you can ask yourself to find out where where you are in this is are you focused, is your emphasis solely on reducing labor costs and network expenses? Because if that's all you're focused on, you're probably not going to have a high net promoter score. You're probably not going to have a a high customer satisfaction. You're probably going to have very high retention opportunities with your agents and with your customers. So there's a security alarm company that spends millions and millions and millions of dollars every month on advertising because they're losing more customers than they gain every month. And I keep asking myself, how is that sustainable? When if they really just focused on, instead of focused on trying to see if they can meet their their new numbers, but focus on customer retention, they'd have a huge impact on shareholder value. Yeah, it's the so, difference between operations focused and customer focused. Exactly. So then, when you start looking at the roadmap, an optimized call center would probably be continued to be isolation focused. They're starting to think about, hey, maybe we should talk to sales, and maybe sales should talk to delivery or operations. You know, they've created some support for the call center. They may look at you know, leveraging workforce management to align with their budget requirements. They may leverage localized analytics. They're starting to look at reports and trying to understand what they mean. Um, But it's viewed as a business investment. The call center, the customer service center is viewed as, as an investment. They're just now starting to look at this and say, you know, this isn't a cost center. This is an investment. I like that. So before we get into strategic I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the third step or the third level, which is strategic, and I like that. Uh, The first level, they're really operations-focused. It's all about numbers. Uh, It it looks like a cost center, uh, center, not uh, an opportunity or a growth center. To me, customer service is all marketing uh, because you do a great job. That's the best marketing you're going to do. When people walk away happy, they come back, they tell others. Optimize means they're starting to move toward the right direction, and I would imagine strategic is nirvana when it comes to uh, the support center. We're going to be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Scott Walker. Uh, He has an amazing company, Ethos IQ. We're learning all about it. We're learning all about what's happening behind the scenes. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. And if you're listening to this before the book is actually released, you can pre-order the book and get the ebook immediately for free. Just go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the amazement revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Scott Walker, the founder of Ethos IQ. We've talked about uh, intermediate and optimized uh, customer support centers. Now we're getting into the third level, which is strategic. Tell us about that, Scott. Nirvana. It's Nirvana. It's Nirvana. That's the word I use, Nirvana. How about Utopia? <laughs> Utopia. That's a great kids' movie. <laughs> Utopia. Yeah, so, so strategic call centers, strategic call centers are, are viewed, I mean, the emphasis is they're capturing and sharing knowledge about the customers across the organizations. There's really no silos between the different business units or departments. And what's great about this is they're leveraging this data. And there's, there's several of these companies that do this today. They're leveraging this data for the knowledge of the greater good within the company, and they're driving high, higher profits. Um, and they're fulfilling customer satisfaction by allowing these processes that deliver gains throughout the company. And so they may not have first contact resolution, but you know what? You may get a text resolving your problem right after that phone call, or you may get an email, you may get a letter. I mean, just because some of the, the rules and compliances that we all are, have to follow, but it's really great because what happens is all these systems are tightly integrated, um, Associate value is, is, is high on the, the, the organization's uh, values and their culture. So they don't want this high attrition rate. They want to keep these agents. They're, they're viewed as associates. Um, there's programs to help these associates drive uh, a better quality of life. It's just not an eight-to-five job. Uh, there's a bank that actually allows companies, and I, I've adopted this program where you know, hey, if, if you've been with the company over X period of time, you're entitled to apply for a loan, a low interest loan, to help you get a down payment on your house. I mean, these are things that people don't think about, but, w- but what happens is this associate value, you're, you now feel compelled that this is your brand, this is your company, this is what you do, and so you're going to drive for that higher customer satisfaction. Wow. And so yep. it all comes together, right? And mm-hmm. you can measure and manage that. Yeah, so this is what I, I, I you just I wrote something down. This is I may have to tweet this out later. We've heard the old expression "happy wife, uh, happy life." Is that right? I, I'm a guy. I'm married. Happy wife, happy life. Make her happy, then make my life happy. And then I I came up with another idea. I said, well, how about happy man? That's the plan. And uh, everybody laughs at that, except for my wife. She didn't like that. But how about this? Happy rep. That's the bet. It's kind there of the you same go. thing. I like it. You, 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 should, you should trademark it. <laughs> you're, you're, we're betting, and, and really, you can't guarantee you're going to keep your best people all the time. But if you do your job to take care of them and give them an opportunity to do what they love to do, 
you mentioned, you know, some companies are helping people get their home loans. I mean, these employees are endeared to their company. They love their company. They go to the mat for their company, and they do what it takes to engage with the customer on a whole nother level because you're betting on your employees. I really like that. I may have to write an article about that. So, <laughs> Well, so the fish rots from the head down, right? So you can tell when an organization, when, when, when leadership cares and when leadership doesn't care, you can tell. All you got to do is look at the attrition rate. And you can find out where there, where where there's a problem. Just looking at in that food chain, you know, is it the frontline managers? Is it the supervisors? Is it the directors? Is it the VP level? Is it the the C-suite? You can look at that food chain and you can see where the problem starts. And so, it's not that that's a bad manager. Maybe that manager needs a book um, on associate value. I, I I'm not going to get into those specifics, but. It's not rocket science in building a, a great organization in that culture. And all it takes is an ounce of, of caring about your associates. The fish rots from the head down. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I've heard that before, but I love it. I, it. It makes so much sense. All right. So we're getting close to where we want to take another break. But let me tell you what we're going to do when we come back. Uh, at the last break... We talked about something, and I said, so, you know, we always do this when, when at the break. Hey, how's it going? Are you happy with the questions and all that? And you said you want to talk about something extremely important to you, and it's about giving back. And I wrote a book two books ago, Amaze Every Customer Every Time, and there was a whole section on there about part of the great customer experience is giving back because it endears you to your community. The community loves what you're doing. And by the way, if you're doing it strictly for the reasons of recognition, it's probably not going to uh, uh, be as powerful if you do it because it's what you're all about. So when we come back, we're going to talk about giving back and how that impacts the customer experience as well as the employee experience. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back with Scott Walker with Ethos IQ. And Scott, just before the break, and actually on the last break when we talked about the idea of what's really important to you, and you mentioned giving back, I said, well, we've got to talk about that. So let's let's wrap the show up uh, over the next few minutes talking about What's important to you? What drives you? Well, obviously, when I was uh, younger, in my 30s, early 40s, it was profit. It was it was commissions. It was it was money. And then uh, I have a 26 year old and a 20 year old uh, child children. I've been married 29 years. I was adopted when I was uh, 13 years old. And so what I found is that. I felt compelled to give back to try to help. So we've adopted, uh, we've, we're in the process. We're a foster to adopt family. I've been married 29 years. And during that course, I came across this, this organization, 
um, here in Houston, and it's it's mostly filled with children of CPS, Child Protective Services. But these kids, when they get 15, 13 years old, the likelihood of them getting adopted really, really dwindles mm. to below below d- double digits. I mean, it's like five, seven percent of chance for adoption. When they turn 18, they actually age out of the system. So imagine you turn 18 on July 1st and at 7 a.m., you know, the, the state is saying, hey, thanks. Good luck. Wow. How do they uh, you, you've got I've got some ideas I want to talk about uh, with you in just a moment. So what happens at that point? Well, so that some of these kids, depending upon their time in the system and uh, they can they can have their tuition paid for. They have uh, other other programs available to them. The challenge is that's nice, but I'm not sure that that's the keys to success because statistics will show that these kids can take a left or take a right. Depending upon the direction that they go, they may end up being incarcerated. Uh, They may end up making bad choices. They have high divorce uh, statistics. However, the kids that have just enough proper coaching um, end up creating phenomenal contributions to society. And so what I've done is I've decided I have a nonprofit. It's called Orphans to Executives, O2 Exec. Um, And basically what we do, we're not out soliciting money. What we're looking for are executives within these cities to sponsor kind of the program. And we'll give you the uh, a package that says, hey, here's what's required. You need to you need to be able to invest two to four hours uh, once a month, once a quarter and become a life coach to these kids and put them on the path. Here's an example of how ethos in our organization stepped up. So last Friday, I had 15 young teenagers come into our office. I had them dress for success. They basically had to wear collar shirts. Some of them didn't have slacks, so I said jeans were fine. They came in. I gave them the first business presentation that they ever had. I walked them through our offices, had them meet our marketing department, our administration, uh, had them meet you know, some C-levels, had them go into our tech department, and literally spent the whole morning in our office. And then we concluded with the final business meeting, and I dared them to come up with a business proposal that says, hey, how can you sell 4 million slices of pizza at a dollar each? And we talked about it. We had them go up and whiteboard it, just like you would just with any, any business problem, right? And so then we rented a restaurant and had all of these kids go in and make their own pizza. And it's an extremely touching opportunity. And if there's, if, even, if, even if we don't do it through my organization, if there's a way that somebody that's listening to this can do that for these kids, I think that would be phenomenal. I love this. And I want to tell you, I have a dream. Uh, I've, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show or not. Uh, I have an online learning program called, well, actually, I have five courses within my online learning platform. One of the courses is called the Customer Focus. It's the main course. Um, if you go to um, thecustomerfocus.com, you'll see it. So here's the dream. Uh, what is the one thing uh, I've asked, um, and, and it's amazing, what's the one thing that new employees out of school, whether it be high school or college, one thing that they've never had before, and that is proper soft skill customer service training 
or just soft skill training, whatever you want to call it, people skills, relationship building skills. They've never gone through formal training. Any kid that's got a part-time job, the most, li- most likely the company is not going to invest in them going into a program. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. So here's what my goal was. And, and I ran into people, uh, a great uh, connection at the United Way uh, group. Uh, and, and by the way, that is the closest thing. He told me he's got just in the region where I live, there's a quarter million kids that are at risk that they don't know what's, you know, their goal is, you know, get them through till they're 18 years old. And then after that, what do they do? And I want to provide this training uh, to them at no charge. But the, the whole the whole thing is it's distribution. How do we get these kids to take the course? Uh, but the idea is if, if I could raise a million dollars, I could put 100,000 plus kids through this because there is a cost involved in doing it. Um, but instead of charging $200 for a course that we charge to a company, we can probably do it for 8 to $10 for the kids. By the time they do the platform, we give them the support and that type of thing. Anyway, um, the, I found out the money, getting the money is not that big of a deal. There's great companies out there that will contribute. The problem is how do you distribute it to the kids? And this is the kind of thing that, give, that gives the kid a resume booster because they get a certificate that they've completed the course. It goes on the back of their, uh, um, you know, uh, resume if they haven't. So here's my commitment to you, Tom. Uh, or Scott, excuse me. I don't. What am I thinking, Tom? That's okay. <laughs> okay. I tell you what I was thinking. Originally, the idea was Tom's shoes, uh, where you know you buy a pair and they give a pair away. So I was telling all my corporate clients, buy buy an online learning program, and I will give an equal number of way to you know an inner city school for the kids that are going out trying to get jobs and you know you know internships. Uh, but <laughs> that's where Tom came from. But Scott. Uh, here's my commitment to you. Uh, you give me a hundred kids that go through your program and I will give them 100, uh, I'll give you 100 licenses to give to those kids to give them that soft skill training. That's awesome. I will absolutely do that. All right. So the whole concept, uh, and by the way, tell us again, uh, orphans to execs. If we want to learn about it, what's the website? Um, Actually, right now, so what we've done is is we've just driven it through Ethos IQ. It's under uh, Giving Back, the Giving Back tab, under EthosIQ.com. Okay, E T H O S I Q dot com. Just click on Giving Back. You'll learn more about it. And and I really appreciate you said that. Hey, whether you just learn from us and go do it on your own, or you want. I mean, I love that you're going to do that. So you've got my commitment to you on this, and hopefully others will jump on. But let's talk about this concept of the law of reciprocity for just a moment. Uh, this was actually in a customer service book that I wrote, that giving back is a great service and experience strategy. People, customers, want to be a part of something bigger than just going to a store and buying something or going to a company. They want to know if the company stands for something that they're in alignment with, they will be more loyal to that. And by the way, the company that does it strictly for marketing purposes ultimately will lose long term. This is all about truly giving back. And if you do give back, uh, Zig Ziglar, one of my favorite motivational speakers in the world, passed away a number of years ago. He used to say, if you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. In other words, the more you give, the more you get. Reciprocity, uh, it's just it just happens. So um, I just love that you're you're involved with this and you're passionate about it. And I love that we talked about it on the show. That's awesome. I love Zig Ziglar. Sell your way to the top. Yeah. So true story. 1982, actually 83, 
just as I'm getting ready to wonder, what am I going to do with my life? I've been out of school for under a year, and I had no job. I had worked for a company, and they sold the company, and I was not – I didn't go along with, with the people that bought it. And uh, I, like I said, just out of – and I went and saw Zig Ziglar, and another guy on the program was Tom Hopkins, a sales guy. You probably know who that is too. Yes. Yes. Sales trainer extraordinary. Uh Zig Ziglar talking about goals, and I bought the audio cassettes, See You at the Top, all about goal setting. So I'm 22 years old, and actually it just flipped into my 23rd birthday uh, about a month or so after that, and I wrote a 10-year plan based on See You at the Top. And I hit the plan at about year eight, seven or eight, which allowed me to re, you know, redo another 10-year plan. And it was goals, it was objectives, it was lifestyle, it was financial, it was everything. So uh, I, I don't know where you get it today. If you, zig, if you Google Zig Ziglar, you could probably get it. But anyway, uh, we're, on, we're on the same uh, path here. We're almost out of time. Uh, I always ask the one thing question, and I have no idea what you're going to say here, but if you were to emphasize something that we've already talked about or you want to give us one extra little nugget of information, what's that one thing? So professionally, what I would say is if you do what you like and you like what you do, it's not work. So the 12, 16-hour days are nothing. Amen to that. Doing, mm-hmm. And if you're doing it with people that you love and appreciate, they become family. And um, that's number one. Number two if you're going to really try to measure customer experience, make sure that you're measuring um, the cradle to grave and you have, you have the data, you just don't have it in one view. So focus on that customer effort and then, you know, measure what matters. And every organization is different. Everyone's got different KPIs. Uh, Measure what matters to you and use that to make data data driven decisions to to make your organization competitive in this marketplace love it love it and guess what you know i asked for one thing and we just got three that's the bonus that's the giving back that scott walker (laughs) he's living his his passion right there he's he's walking the talk scott thanks so much for being on the show really appreciate you that's awesome thank you all right everybody that's another episode of amazing business radio we'll be back next week with somebody else who's going to share his insights or her insights and ideas, and I can't wait to hear what those are. Everybody, until next week, remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.